Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. No two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we're bringing on a very special guest named Paige McLaren. Paige is currently 28 years old and she has a story that is definitely worth hearing. She's going to be touching on some of her past struggles such as sexual abuse, verbal abuse, toxic relationships, suicidal thoughts and behaviors, and more importantly, how she overcame all of those struggles. Paige is by far one of the strongest people that I've gotten to talk to to this day, and I hope that she inspires you in the same way she inspired me. This is a very emotional podcast, but I hope that you enjoy, and I hope you enjoy her story. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Raincoast Clothing. Raincoast Clothing is a clothing company based out of Vancouver Island, Canada. They represent the outdoors by embracing adventure, spontaneity, and overall health, being both physical and mental. 5% of all profits from any item in their clothing will be donated towards the Canadian Mental Health Association on my behalf. Struggle Create Strength and Raincoast Clothing collaborated to make a Struggle Create Strength t-shirt and all of those will have 100% of profits donated towards Canadian Mental Health Association on our behalf. If you do want to go get any item of clothing and help support mental health, you're more than welcome to and you can also use my access code at Lucas10 for 10% off of any item of clothing. I hope that everyone enjoys Paige's story and I also hope that everyone can go to Raincoast Clothing and help support mental health and get some cool clothing. Enjoy the story. And just remember, everyone has a story. Oh, hi. How's it going? There it is. Hi. Okay. I had to download the app. Oh, no. Yeah, no worries. Sorry about that. All right. How's it going? Good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It's always nice having a new face and somebody with a different story. As I always say, everyone has a story. And um, obviously you reached out to Eric and then via to me and yeah, yeah I'm happy to, happy to be doing this and obviously happy to finally connect with you. Absolutely. I'm so excited. I'm so nervous. <laughs> no need to be nervous. It's just having a conversation. It's just telling your story. And um, obviously thank you so much for coming on. It's really courageous thing to do. And uh, every single person that comes on, I can't thank them enough because it takes a lot of guts to stand here and be vulnerable and share your story. And yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing what you're doing. And I know that for a fact, it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you. I think it's amazing what you're doing as well, putting everyone's stories together and putting it out there for everyone to, to hear and hopefully change someone's life. Right. I think it's yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. So I have given you a little bit of a brief introduction and just a little bit of little bits and pieces of your story, but obviously I haven't touched right into the depths of it. So would you want to just kind of kick it right off and get right into your story? Sure, I guess so. Awesome. Um, oh man, there's so much, you know, you look back on it and you're like, did that even happen? Like, was that my real life? Like it feels, it feels eons ago. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so when I was a kid, when I was growing up, my mom and my stepdad had a really bad relationship, I guess, towards the end there. And it kind of got abusive. And so she left him probably, I was around five or six, maybe. So pretty young. And we moved and she got pretty heavy into drugs. So I spent a lot of my childhood with her um, addicted to drugs and I don't know, it, it, it's rough, right? When you're a kid and you don't know anything, yeah. you don't know what your family is supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. So I remember one day sitting at school being six years old and not being picked up from school, just being like, where's my mom at, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I have a brother and a sister that I grew up with too. Mm -hmm. um, and there were some days that my brother and I would just be locked in our room, hanging out there. Um, 
I don't know where my mom was because we were young, but I think my sister was old enough to walk to school. So she would go and then my brother and I would just hang out. Um, I was too young to remember this. So this is just stuff that I've been told. Yeah. So I'll just skip past that because I don't personally remember it too much. When I was in grade two, that's the stuff that I do remember. And we moved around a lot. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was because we got evicted due to my mom's drug abuse or what happened, mm -hmm. but we moved around a lot. Um, in total, I went to 13 schools, not all in the same year. That's throughout <laughs> my whole but it's still a lot. Yeah, no. um, probably It was probably about seven or eight of those. Mm -hmm. um and then we did eventually move my mom realized that she had a problem and she wanted to get help for it so we moved from the mainland to the island because she didn't have any contacts there she's like no nope, we're gonna go there I'm gonna get clean so as far as I know she did so like good for her absolutely um my grandma helped out with her a lot and would take care of us so that she could work graveyards and stuff. So that's her own battle. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so proud of her for doing that because I know drug addiction is so difficult. And especially when you're at the point that you're, you're trying to raise your kids and they're, they're threatened to be taken away from you. Like I can't imagine. No kidding. Um, yeah. So we, we moved, um, she did end up meeting someone. She got into a relationship with someone and he would come and visit us pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. um, and then we eventually moved back to the mainland with him. Mm -hmm. And I was probably like 12, 11, 12 at the time. So we moved there and um, he started sexually abusing me and that happened oh goodness that continued for years wow. and so we lived at this one house for probably two years two and a half years mm -hmm. and then we were moving out of there to move to another house a couple cities away and I told my mom I said like look this is what's happening I was 13 at the time that we were moving so I said look this is what's happening um because I kind of just like expected her to be like, okay, we're, we're going to move away. Right. Like we're not going to go with him, but yeah. they bought together. Right. It was in both of their names. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I don't know what else to do. Like we're moving. And I just felt so betrayed by it. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Anyways, I still don't understand. Um, <laughs> So it was hard. So we moved and things kept happening. They just continued to happen. And we lived there for another year, I think, mm -hmm. for six months or something. And eventually they broke off their relationship and we moved out. And then, so we moved out and then I just remember not feeling anything for so long because you, you disengage yourself from everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. You kind of just put a wall up so you don't realize that anything's happening anymore. So it doesn't hurt you, yeah. especially when it starts when you're so young, you don't, you don't know that it's wrong necessarily. Like, you know that it's wrong, but what are you gonna do about it? You feel so powerless to everything happening. So you just accept it for what it is. Like, this is what my life is. This is what's happening. You kind of just build up your own coping mechanisms and block it out. Yeah. So when we eventually moved out, I was 15 and I just remember everything hitting me like a wave. And I remember being so depressed and so emotional. And I would, I would spend as much time as I could at school until the janitors would kick me out. And then I would go home. And then I would sit outside 
in the rain and the freezing cold, whatever the weather was. And I would just cry forever mm-hmm. and go to bed and do it all over the next day. And I remember hitting this point that I was talking to my mom and I was like, do you ever just feel like your life is worth more than what is right in front of you? Like, do you ever feel like there is something more that you're meant to do? Because mm-hmm. I said, like, I feel it in my soul that there's something important out there that I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And she looks at me and she's like, you're so conceited. I was just like, oh my God. So as I got older, I still carry that feeling with me. Mm-hmm. Like there's something important out there. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting way more emotional than I thought I was going it's to. Okay. You know, it's <laughs> that's exactly what this is meant for. It's meant to feel all the emotions and just obviously we're here having a conversation and that's what it is. And this is any emotions that come out, that's totally normal and it's fine. And we got to just almost embrace them. Let, our, okay. let ourselves feel them. Oh yeah. Um, so my mom and I have had a pretty rocky relationship for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, she kicked me out when I was 17 due to a misunderstanding. So I moved in with my boyfriend at the time and um, I got pregnant and we had a baby. And um, when I moved out, I remember seeking like emancipation from her. Cause I was like, I'm 17. I'm not old enough to, to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, I have a job, but I don't make enough to pay rent. Like I still have to go to school. I want to go to university. So I, I went to like a counselor, a home support service worker or something. And I was like, I want to seek emancipation. Um, I don't know if it's a possibility, but I want to look into it. And so she says, I feel like you're harboring some resentment towards your mom. And I was like, oh, of course I am. And so she asked me. And so I told her the story. And she says, oh, well, because you had sexual abuse when you were a minor, like we have to press charges against this man. So we had to do that. So I, um, it was a few months into dealing with that whole process that I got pregnant. So I was pregnant and then dealing with this court case and um, it was fantastic. Nothing ever ended up coming from it. Um, Just a whole ton of stress. Yeah. And so I feel like that's, one of the biggest reasons why people don't say anything when it happens is because if it happened so long ago or if it's a case of your word against them it's it feels like it's not even worth it to bring it up Mm -hmm. but it is so important to tell someone so that it's not just you living with it alone yeah like it is way too much pressure for one person and no one deserves it Mm -hmm. absolutely So between going through all of this, suffering severe depression, um, depressive episodes, I had my daughter and she was a lifesaver. Like I can't imagine my life without her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Living with her dad was pretty rough. We had a very abusive relationship on both sides, Mm -hmm. you know, him towards me and me towards him. And all of it is completely unacceptable. Like no amount of depression can justify the way you treat other people yeah so we ended up breaking up with a huge severe depressive episode on my side so I basically ran away and said I can't do it I don't want to do it after that I got into a ton of even more toxic relationships with people uh, because that's what I knew was toxic relationships between my mom and her ex-boyfriend and um, my daughter's dad and just everybody in my life was a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like if I didn't have some sort of chaos around me, nothing was right in the world. Mm -hmm. And 
that's what I would search for is people who could keep the chaos alive because you start to thrive on it. You start to live on it and you're like, oh, well, if my life isn't going to be good, I want it to be bad and I want it to be the extreme version of bad. Mm-hmm. And it's this, it's this mental game that you play in your head of, you know, if it's not one extreme, it's the other. And I want it to be really bad because I want... I don't know if it's a rush or you don't feel like you deserve anything better, Mm -hmm. but you just want to be in that dark hole and you just accept everything negative instead of trying to better yourself. And that's what happens when you're, when you're spiraling and everything inside of your head is spinning and everything inside of your world is spinning and you just can't grab onto anything of sustenance. So you just give up. You're like, I'm just going to take all the bad stuff because that's what I deserve. And so I took a lot of really bad relationships. Um, I had one relationship and he hit me in front of my daughter. So we left the same day. We're like, all right, well, that's enough. And so I think things started to turn around from there. So we left him and I pressed charges against him because I was like, you're not going to hit me. Like I do deserve better than that. Mm -hmm. And so I moved in with one of my best friend's moms and I call her mom Mm -hmm. and she's fantastic. She's a saint. I love her to pieces. So I moved in with her. And so my daughter and I lived with her for a couple of years and I started to realize like, look, I have a problem. Like I can't keep doing this. I'm exhausted. Like the amount of suicidal thoughts that I have all the time. Like when you're going through that with the suicidal thoughts too, is you start to romanticize it. You start to think, you know what, if I were to end it, like how would people remember me? They, they'd probably be so sad and like we miss her so much. And you start to romanticize the fact of you not being around anymore. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, you know what, I'm not brave enough to do it anyways. So, and I think, I think a lot of people think of it like that is, you know, the thought of self-harm and, and death is so, it's so glorified, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not the way out, you know, because you leave behind so much pain. And just thinking about my family being upset if I were to do anything like that. I was never, I was always very, I guess I was just never brave enough Mm -hmm. to do something like that. And I feel like saying it like that is so awful because you're not brave when you do something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I always felt like a coward because I was like, I could never hurt myself. Like, why can't I do it? And so I would beat myself up over the fact that I couldn't hurt myself. And that's terrible, but when you're spiraling like that that's the thought process that you have is like why aren't you good enough like you can't even hurt yourself like what's wrong with you and you you beat yourself up in the worst ways so um i did realize that i had a problem and i needed help so i went to my doctor and um i got him to put me on antidepressants and those helped a ton. Um, I also started picking up hobbies to, to keep my mind active and busy. So I started going to the gym um, before I even moved in with, uh, with my friend's mom. I started going to the gym because I was so tired of being upset all the time. And physical activity is um, proven to reduce effects of depression and 
um, sadness, you know, it releases endorphins and it's so good for you. So I'm always a huge advocate of anyone getting out there and exercising in any form. Like if you want to dance, if you want to play sports, if you want to run, if you want to weightlift, like just exercise, like do anything, get your blood moving. Yeah. Um, so exercise, antidepressants, I started writing. And those are all things that I still do today um, to help manage the the thoughts that come up and the pain and stuff. Um, I am very lucky or proud or thankful. I haven't had a depressive episode in over two years. That's awesome. It's fantastic. I don't take antidepressants anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, as cliche as it is, it does get better, but it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time and patience and learning yourself and growing with yourself and accepting yourself for all of your flaws. So I did eventually move out from my friend's mom's house and I moved in with a boyfriend and that was a big mistake. And he was just a whole other level of toxic. Um, and I was like, I thought I was past this. I was doing so good. And he was just so narcissistic and he would gaslight me all the time. And I was like, why am I not good enough? Like, I thought I was over this. Mm -hmm. I thought I had all of those moments of why am I not good enough for my mom? Why am I not good enough to do this? Like, I thought I was past all of that. And so that went on for about a year and a half and then we broke up and now I'm doing better than ever. So thank goodness. Um, and I think a lot of, a lot of problems stem from accepting relationships, whether it's friendships or family or romantic relationships that you deserve better than. Like you should never feel ashamed for saying no to a relationship and walking away mm -hmm. from everything that I went through with my mom. Like we didn't talk for six years because I said, no, you know what? After everything that we went through, I do not want you in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And we are slowly talking again and we are rebuilding our relationship but it takes a lot of time. Um, I don't, I don't trust her with anything yet because when you put yourself out there and you trust them with something like, Hey, your boyfriend is sexually abusing me. And then we move with the guy. Like it takes, it, it rips down all of the trust that you have spent your whole life building for this person. So we are working on that again. I remember in high school, I went through this terrible phase where I would compare my story of growing up with my mom addicted to drugs and living in poverty and moving around so much and going to the food bank and um, the sexual abuse, I would compare my story to all of my friends' stories just to see like what, what their childhood was like. And I remember being like, oh, well, my story is worse. And it was this mindset that I had of, I wanted someone to be proud of me. Mm -hmm. I wanted someone to look at me and say, oh man, like your story is bad. Like you have gone through a lot. Like, I am so proud of you. Like, good job. Like you are doing so good. You're kind, you're sweet. You get good grades. You, you always show up to school. You always show up to work. You put in a good effort and no one would ever know anything that you've been through. Like yeah. I am proud of you. And when you're telling high school kids your story, no one's going to say that to you because no one is proud of you. No one, no one even understands. To be honest, probably a lot of people don't even care. Mm -hmm you tell high school kids what you're going through and unless they're your close friends they, they a lot of people can't relate or 
they don't want to show their vulnerable side and say that they can relate. So you're telling your story to people and it's this toxic thing inside of your head, like be proud of me. And you're almost grabbing them by the shoulder saying, why aren't you proud of me? Mm -hmm. And until I realized that the only person that I needed to be proud of me was myself, I was seeking the validation from other people. Mm-hmm. And once it clicked in my head, like, I don't need, I don't need other people to be proud of me. Like, I don't need your validation. I don't need someone to say, good job. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped telling my story to people because I didn't need it anymore. I didn't need someone to say, you know, I'm so sorry for what you've been through. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? I'm not sorry for what I've been through. Like my story is going to help other people. Absolutely. Through through you and through other people that I've told and just through the personal experience and the wisdom that I've gained from dealing with it, I can help my friends better. I can help my family better. I can relate to everything that my daughter's going through and help her better. Mm-hmm. So everything that you go through in your life is not for vain. It's not, it's not just for you. Like you can help so many people with what you go through. You just have to look past the initial pain of it and see all of the amazing people that you're going to meet in the future. Like all of these amazing people that you can't even imagine that are dying to know somebody like you. Like there are people out there that can't even imagine what it would be like to know someone like you. Mm-hmm. And when they finally get the chance to know you, they are going to appreciate you so much. Mm-hmm. And just the thought of that is so heartwarming to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <sighs> I need a breath for a second. <laughs> um. For antidepressants, when I went to see my doctor, I was so nervous about it because I was really worried that they were going to make me numb Mm -hmm. or make me not feel anything anymore. And regardless of all the sadness I felt, I love feeling. Like when your heart just swells and you feel so full, Mm -hmm. regardless of being sad, I didn't want to lose that feeling. And I was so scared. And so I talked to my doctor about it and he said, if it improves your quality of life, why would you deny yourself that basic right? And I think that is so important and it changed my view on antidepressants entirely Mm -hmm. because I was so against medication and my daughter has ADHD. And again, the same thing. Cause I was like, I don't want her to go on medication for it. Like she's just a kid. She's fine. And same doctor, he says, if it improves her quality of life, why would you deny her that basic human right? Mm -hmm. I was like, there you go again. <laughs> and I don't, that one line changed my view on it. So maybe it'll change someone else's, but if someone's questioning it, you know, it's not for everybody, but if it makes your life better, why not? Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, another thing I think is super important is to build a relationship with yourself. I remember I went through when, when I was dating people, especially um, casually dating, which is an awful thing to do nowadays. Like (laughs) I'm so bad for anybody that is trying to date. You build up these expectations of how you want people to treat you and how you want them to react to things. And a lot of times people don't live up to expectations at all. So you end up getting disappointed. Mm -hmm. And between my depression or anxiety that I had for dating, I would have huge depressive episodes just based on someone 
not meeting an expectation. And I look back on it now and I'm like, Paige, you're so stupid. Like why? <laughs> Obviously this person isn't going to say exactly that. Like you can't wait for a Prince Charming to ride in on a horse. <laughs> But it goes for a lot of things in life too, not just dating, right? You cannot, you have to build a relationship with yourself and you're, that you're so comfortable with who you are that regardless of what anyone else does around you, you will be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that helped me immensely was just taking the time and spending the time with myself and being alone and going to the gym and doing my writing and doing my hobbies Mm -hmm. that I built up the trust with myself. And I said, you know, like, I am okay. I am a good person. I do the right thing. I make mistakes. I am worthy of all of the good things in the world. And if someone isn't going to appreciate that, or if someone's not going to notice that, or if someone's not going to treat me the way that I want to be treated, I am okay and I will move on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people in today's dating culture, they put so much on expectations and what they want the other person to do. Or they wait three days before texting back. And you know what? If you have to play all these games, this is not the kind of relationship you want in your life. Yeah. Whether it's or a family or a romantic relationship, you should not never have to play games to get the attention that you deserve. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. Like if you want a wholehearted, genuine relationship with someone, there should never be any games of any kind. I'm and I feel like that. that one. Pardon? I said, I totally agree with that one, 100%. I feel like it brings a lot of people anxiety and depression. I know for me personally, yeah. a lot of my episodes were based on silly things like that. Mm-hmm. But in the time, you don't, you don't see it as silly. It's literally the end of the world. Why doesn't this person like me? Why, why aren't they saying what I want them to say? Why do they not care? Mm-hmm. And it really comes down to building the relationship with yourself that you can overcome your own insecurities and you can say, I deserve better and you can move on. And I have a friend and she's all in that dating scene right now. And she says, she sends me messages all the time. Like this person said this and I'm like, reply with this. And she's (laughs) like, I never be that forward. And I'm like, well, I don't know, get to the good stuff now and either they'll stick around or they'll leave. And yeah. If they're going to leave, you want to know now, like there's no sense in beating around the bush for things. It's so silly. Life is so short Mm -hmm. and the people that are going to love you are going to love you regardless of if you say your message right away. Yeah. When I started dating my current boyfriend, I lost my mind at the beginning. I, I was like, I am so sick of dating. These boys play stupid games and he was the only person I was messaging. So I basically lost it on him. And I was like, I'm done with dating. I'm deleting the app. You can text me if you want. I'm done talking to people. And I lost my mind. And you know what? He still texted me. That's awesome. So if, if I can go and lose my ever loving mind over a text <laughs> with someone I barely knew, you can send a message to someone and they will stick around if they care enough. Yeah. You don't have to play games. It's just going to cause you anxiety, depression, stress, everything that you don't need in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there was a story that I heard once and it made such a big impact on me and I carried it with me for a long time. And it's about, this family. So this dad, he's an alcoholic and he comes home every day from work and he has two sons and he beats his children and he yells at his wife and um, he, he drinks and he goes to bed. And so 20 years later, the two sons were interviewed and one son was an alcoholic. He would 
go to work, he would come home, he would drink, he would beat his kids and yell at his wife. And when asked, why do you live your life like this? He said, I learned it from my dad. Mm -hmm. And then the other son, he would go to work and he would go to sports games with his kids and he would come home and help with the dishes and do grocery shopping and cook dinner and, you know, take his kids on vacations. And, and he would never raise a hand to his family. And when asked, why do you live your life like this? He said, I learned from my dad. And that just made me want to be better as a person. Mm -hmm. I learned from my family, right? But I didn't learn what I wanted to be from my family. I learned what I didn't want to be. Yeah. And so I always pushed myself, like, I want to be better than that. I want to be better. Like, I know I can be better and my family deserves better. And at some point you want to break the cycle, right? And every single person is capable of being better than they are right now. Yeah. And as long as you keep that mindset and keep striving to do more, I think anyone is capable of anything that they put their mind to. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone, anyone can change the world. I don't really have too much else. I kind of like summarized all of my story because if you start going into the little details of it, it gets kind of nitty and gritty. Yeah. Um, you guys don't want to hear about the details of my sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. um, I just want everyone to know that no one's alone. And it's not always necessarily about the exact story that you're going through, but what comes out of it on the other side, you know, your outlook of life on the other side and the way that you can help people on the other side. And I think as long as people don't give up on themselves or they know that if they do give up, they can still pick themselves up afterwards, you know, if you hit rock bottom, you can stay there for, for a week or two or longer. There's always people around you that will help you up. Yeah. I think as long as you stay open and welcoming to accepting other people's help and you allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to realize that there that there's something wrong in your life and you want to change and you want to become better then you can. Absolutely. No, totally. Yeah. Well, honestly, I just want to say that is like the most moving story ever. And, um, but in the most respectful way, obviously those are, some insane hardships that you've gone through and it's not easy to talk about and I just commend you for the courage to actually share your story and speak up I'm sure it's I know that it's overwhelming and I know that it's a lot but I hope that it at least helps you a little bit and um, I know for a fact that it's going to help so many others and that's the most important part mm -hmm. um, I feel like Around a lot I went over this a million times in my head and I'm so good at talking to myself and then as soon as I got in the moment I was so <laughs> flustered emotional and I wasn't expecting that at all yeah no and that's that's all part of it though is just feeling exactly what it brings and even for myself I think this is probably one of the most emotional ones that I've kind of <laughs> gone through because I'm sitting here and I have I have tears <laughs> like I had tears in my eyes and I was, was like okay like you're hosting this podcast you can't be crying on it you can't be too emotional Cry me, but, please. <laughs> no but it was yeah like I was so moved by everything that you said and I mean even when I like you reached out and we had a little bit of conversation mm -hmm. and just from looking at 
your Instagram, you would never think any of those things. And Mm -hmm. it just goes to prove the point is you never know what somebody's dealing with on the inside. You see the front that they put on, but you never really know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And honestly, I just, I think you're so strong and so, I guess, like independent in the best ways possible and hearing you even just talk about for instance that last story about the kids and saying that you learned from experiences and how you've learned from your mom and what you want to be as a mom and just as a person in general that is awesome and I'm sure you're the best mom that's around because obviously not yeah (laughs) that's that's what all good moms say (laughs) but no honestly I I just I commend you for everything that you talked about and you are it's yeah it just blows my it leaves me speechless and then I I feel like I have a million things to say about it but I I don't even know where to start other than thank you and yeah absolutely have any questions or anything that you want me to elaborate on like I'm happy to answer those um I feel like I jumped around a lot oh, um, no. <laughs> it was good. I paused a lot I can come up with such eloquent speeches in my head but then as soon as I start speaking in the moment I get all flustered and I forget what I'm gonna say because I get emotional yeah um yeah, but like that. yeah that's a bit of a common one for for everyone. I do that all the time. I have a million things going through my mind and then I try to f- pick one of them and then I just come up with zero. It just, it happens. Absolutely. That's, exactly. That's typical. Um, I guess one thing that I wanted to kind of talk about is, so when you were young and you said you moved out or got kicked out when you were 17 mm-hmm. and you ended up having your daughter, would you, did you have her when you were 17 or 18? I was 19 when she was born. Yeah. How hard was, like, was that expected? Like, were you planning for that or just totally out of the blue surprise? (laughs) There's a little bit of a story behind that that I don't want to say. Fair enough. Because I don't want her to ever find out. (laughs) Um, But it was a surprise. We weren't expecting it. Um, and you know what we may do it, mm-hmm. We had a lot of friends and family pull together and help us through it. And it was a very difficult situation. It was very emotional. Um, but she is happy and healthy and she is so smart and every second of the hardships for it is completely worth it. Mm -hmm. And when you're young and you're living paycheck to paycheck, it is so hard. You know, uh, her dad and I were sharing one vehicle and we were both working and we would drive back and forth and, you know, like he would lose his job. And then we're like, oh no, where are we gonna pay for our groceries? And our friends were amazing. We had friends that would help us buy groceries, Mm -hmm. um, friends, would help us you know get to work if we didn't have a ride and I think that comes down to surrounding yourself with the people that value you because they're the ones that are going to be willing to help you achieve your goals Mm -hmm. and they made such a big difference in our lives and regardless of if you feel like you're ready to have a kid I think that no one ever feels ready and it definitely wasn't something that we were expecting at 19, yeah. but seeing her face every day is worth every second of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. I think like you just touched on, one of the biggest and most important things in the world is having support and having support from your friends, family, whoever it may be. I think that's the most important thing. And I know for myself, I like to surround myself with people that will support me and will support the things that I want to do. Or if I ever got into trouble, they'd be there and they'd be there in a heartbeat to help me out in any which way that they could. Mm -hmm. And um, you also did talk about some of the bad relationships that people have. And 
Um, mm-hmm. A lot is that, a lot of that is in the dating world, and you see it so frequently nowadays with the toxic people and the people that. I mean, I'm not perfect by any means, but uh, I think that I've always had a, like the utmost respect for people, and especially people that I'm seeing. But at the same time, everyone does slip up. But there's a big difference between being somebody that's very toxic and basically degrading someone and then the difference between just having your little moments or your lash out your lash Mm -hmm. out phases but how did you kind of like what was your big thing that transitioned you from saying like standing up for yourself and basically being so straight up straightforward straight to the point this is (laughs) this is the way it's gonna be or this isn't it (laughs) I'm it, <laughs> it took a long time for me to get that courage, but I think I just stopped caring. Yeah. It, it comes down to the expectations is if you have expectations, you get let down. And I was so sick of feeling let down by everybody around me that I was like, I just don't care anymore. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I'm just going to say what I want to say. Part of it, it didn't happen until after my last ex and I broke up the one that was like mentally abusive with the gaslighting and stuff. Yeah. And I just felt so suppressed from that whole relationship that I never felt like I could be myself that afterwards I was just kind of like, I don't care anymore. Either you like me or you don't like I stopped dressing up for dates. Um, I was like, I look fine enough from work. Um, if they're going to see me every day, they're going to see me like this. Yeah. Like I'm not up anymore. I'm not going to try to be super extra nice. I'm just going to be myself. Mm -hmm. I am good enough the way I am. And I want to be with someone that's going to appreciate all of me, not just the pieces that are easy to like. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I just stopped caring. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really hard thing to do because a lot of people care so much about Mm -hmm. um, how other people see them and how they come across to other people. But I think if you believe in yourself enough, if you believe that you are fantastic just the way you are, Mm -hmm. and you have that much confidence in yourself, it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. Mm -hmm. Totally. Just work on that every single day. Just work on loving yourself as much as you deserve to be loved. For sure. Yeah, that's even something that I like to implement into my life now and something that I've learned. I mean, I am young, but something that I've learned over the past few years is um, just the importance of the respect that you have for yourself and the respect to realize when something is right and when something's wrong. And even for like in the past year, I've learned that an insane amount and now that's the state where I'm at as well I don't care what anyone thinks I mean to some extent obviously (laughs) everyone cares a little bit every every now and again but uh for myself anyways I just know that I need to be straight up and I need to be blunt with things because if I'm not then I'm not being true to myself and I'm not being Mm -hmm. true to another person and I don't know I just with anything it's altercations with friends parents coaches teachers whatever it may be I think it's really important just to be honest and like straight to the point because if you're sitting there going back and forth for an hour when you could have just said what bothered you right off the start you would have saved an hour and you could have done something else and you would have figured it all out and it would have been resolved emotional turmoil that goes with it too not even just like the hour that you wasted is all of that emotion and stress and draining feelings that just went into that whole thing that you could have just said this is what's bothering me Mm -hmm. either we talk about it we deal with it or whatever totally yeah I 100% agree and I just I hope that or I guess I wish that more people could have that mindset and hopefully after they listen to this they will and they'll (laughs) try it out because I think it's so important and it is trial and error though and I know for myself I would 
always say, okay, yeah, like I don't care. And then a couple of weeks would go by and I'd fall right back into my old routine. And then, and it's just, again, like it's building a good routine and staying on top of yourself and making sure that you're putting in the effort because it's, it doesn't come easy. It truly nothing in life. If that's basically worth being successful, I guess, um, nothing comes easy. And <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people know that, but not a lot of people take action on that. And you're one that obviously has taken action and you are 100% very successful and a very good mother. And I, I, w- I mean, I wish I could see it all unfold in person, but obviously I think we're a little, little ways away from each other, but yeah, I just, again, I can't appreciate you enough for obviously sharing all of this information and giving people some little advice on how to help in certain situations and what they can do to better themselves or just better a situation in a whole. So that, thank you very much for that. Yeah. I know I did listen to a couple of your other podcasts and like, I know that mine is a little bit different in the fact that I didn't want to focus so much on the details of my story, but more how you can overcome all of the that you go through so um, it's a little bit of different approach to it so I hope that's okay absolutely yeah I think a lot of people need to know how if they are in a state of depression anxiety whatever it may be I think it's really important for them to know how they can help themselves and I mean I always try and give at least a little bit of insight on how to help yourself in certain situations but I don't know everything and having you on here, you know, different things than I know. And then, so it helps. And with every person that comes on, it helps because they have different tips of advice that they might've learned throughout the years. And for myself, I have different tips of advice that I've learned throughout the years and things that have helped me, but the things that help me might not help you or it may help you. And that's why it's all Mm -hmm. again, trial and error and figuring out what works for you and what doesn't because everyone is different. And obviously, like I always say, everyone has a story. So it's just a matter of figuring out what really works for you. Yeah. Um, What would be one tip of advice that you would have for anybody that's either going through, gone through, or will experience mental health in their life? Find a hobby. Uh, my, my friend's mom, I call her mom, but she always told me a still mind is the devil's playground. So if you can find a hobby, something to keep your mind busy, something to keep your hands busy, no matter how mundane it is, no matter how engaging it is, whether it is or isn't anything to keep you busy, to draw you away from those negative feelings and thoughts. Um, anything that you can do to try to better yourself, you'll feel better emotionally, you'll feel better physically. Um, I just really support people having hobbies, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I mean, from your Instagram, it looks like your hobby is the gym, and (laughs) you love the gym. And that's, that's awesome, though. And I always try to say that as well as physical exercise is one of the best ways to obviously get your mind off things and lets mm-hmm. you release everything that's inside. And I mean, I know for myself, some of the days when I've been most down, I'll go for runs. And I know I talked about it on Eric's podcast and I just talked about how I would run and run for hours and not even realize what I was doing. And then eventually I'd wind up somewhere and I'm like, where the heck am I? Because you just get lost in it. But it's just a really good way to cope in a very positive way. And I think that's the biggest thing is because a lot of people, they find coping mechanisms to use, but some of them aren't always positive. And definitely fitness is the most beneficial and the um, just a really good way to keep you kind of or get you happy and keep you healthy, which is mm-hmm. very important. Um, I did ask you before, but what is your kind of a quote that you've shaped shaped your life off of in some form or another? I have so many. Um, <laughs> I'll use 
kind of goes with the theme of everything I spoke about today, and that is someday this pain will be useful to you. For me personally, the like all the things that I've encountered in my life and all the pain that I've suffered has shaped my life into what it is today. If I didn't suffer, if I didn't go through depression and anxiety and get like have suicidal thoughts, use self-harm, any of that, I wouldn't be sitting here today doing this exact thing. And that's mm -hmm. one very big positive. And a thing that I always like to remind myself of is like when you hit rock bottom, it's not the bottom, you know? And because a lot of people will say, oh yeah, like I'm on rock bottom. I don't think I can like, things can get any worse or things can get any better. But for me, I just, I always say like, whenever I'm down and whenever something happens in my life and I basically want to turn the world off and just crawl into my bed and say, I hate this, I'm out, I'm done. That's when I look at it as just a big learning curve. And whatever happens in my life, I always look at it as a learning curve. And the way that people treat me, I learn from that. And the way that, for instance, my parents raised me, I learned from that. The way that anything happens in my life, I always learn from it. And I learn, I'm a very observant person. So I love to watch other people's relationships, whether it's friendships, actual like dating relationships or relationships with um, their peers, relationships with whomever. I just truly love watching that because I learn a lot from it. And I know for myself when I even, cause sometimes I think about it and it's like, when I am trying to look for a wife or like I'm have, am dating someone and I'm thinking is this the right person? there's almost, you almost like throughout the years, you build a sort of like a checkbox and <laughs> you need to, you need to check off all the things, but um, you learn a lot about like what you want in a relationship from observing the people around you and seeing, and even for myself, like I'll run into people and I'll see how a dad treats his son. And I'm like, that's exactly how I want to treat my son, or that's not how I want to treat my kid and yeah. that I don't know I think a lot of people um they don't really take those things as can, into consideration that you can learn from everyone around you and I I love learning and maybe not right down in the books but um just in life and in general I think it's so important to always be thinking and always have your brain turned on and thinking about what you can do to better yourself and where you want to go. I know that in my life right now, I'm at a different standpoint than a lot of people and not speaking financially whatsoever. I'm just speaking on terms of what I want to do. And there's, I haven't really met all that many people that are on the same kind or have the same headspace as me and where I want to go because I just look at it and it's so cliche, but you do you only live one time and that's that's it you have this one life and so for me anyways I'm at a state right now where I want to do everything that I want to do and I want to be adventurous and I love being outside I love doing all the fun things that you can imagine and going camping and dirt biking and skiing and doing everything imaginable <laughs> and those are the things that I want to continue to embrace and obviously do while I still can and while I don't have the responsibility of everything else around me but um I just like again it's so important to learn from all the things in your life because you learn what you want to do with your life and for people that are going into school they learn what job they want to go into <laughs> there's just everything is a big learning curve and especially with the struggles that we encounter and I'm sure you can speak on this behalf as well, that the struggles that you've encountered and struggles that I've encountered, they're just this big teacher and they will teach us every, everything that we need to know. And sometimes we might not like what it teaches us, but it's important what it teaches us because we know what's right and what's wrong. And we can differentiate from those 
And yeah, I don't know. That's just my little two cents, little spiel. So <laughs> I remember complaining to my friends all the time. Like, why does every single lesson I have to learn? Why do I have to learn it the hard way? Yeah. Like, why can't I learn from someone else? It? Why is it always me that has to go through it? Mm-hmm. And I hated it. I hated every minute of it. But when it happens to you is the best teacher. Yeah. Like you can watch someone else go through it. Think you know the lesson, but you don't like until you are in that situation and going through it. And I think the, the quote that I said, uh, someday this pain will be useful to you. I think it's so hopeful in knowing that maybe the pain won't ever end. Mm -hmm. Maybe it will just a case of you learning to cope with it and learning how to accept it but it will have a purpose one day mm-hmm. and it will get easier you will get better at handling everything that comes your way and one day somehow it will all be worth it yeah for sure no 100 percent. and as for rock bottom Um, there's a quote I read somewhere a long time ago and it says rock bottom, um, is just good, solid ground to pick yourself up and turn your life around. That's awesome. That's a really cool quote. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, yeah. That just, I love hearing those things because it makes you think and it makes like, for me anyways, that makes me think of a time in my life where it wasn't very good (laughs) and where I did have to pick myself back up. And I mean, again, just referring back to the importance of support and having people around you that are willing to help you get up. And mm-hmm. for me anyways, I couldn't have done it without the people around me. And sometimes our mental health system isn't always on its best, its best game. And <laughs> There's a, uh, there's a few little flaws that happen in it, but for the most part, I think, um, I think it's super important to, to have the support system outside of our mental health system and mm-hmm. outside of the government and all that, all that. And difference. you know, it feels like they don't have a support system as well. I think it's so important to know that there are so many resources out there that are willing to help people and that are able to help people Mm -hmm. if you feel alone you're never alone yeah you are abs and I remember some nights sitting in my bed knowing that I had people to turn to and just feeling so alone yeah so I think if you need to invite someone over for company do it if you need to call someone and stay on the phone and say absolutely nothing do it yeah instead wallowing in that hole of I feel so alone Mm -hmm. sometimes it's super difficult but you need to take that step so that you're not alone absolutely yeah I think and just again it always refers back and that's obviously why I started this is just to prove that you're not alone and every single person that comes on and speaks and shares their story proves that point and just proves that we aren't alone and we all have mental health struggles and we all will encounter it no matter who you are. And I always say, no matter how rich, how successful, it does not matter. You will encounter mental health struggles in your life. So don't think that you making millions of dollars is going to make everything disappear because any little thing can happen. You can get anxiety anywhere and it happens more times than people really realize. And that's why it's just, it's so important to obviously relate to other people and don't be this cocky person because you may have money or you may be doing like better off than somebody else. I think it's important that we all break down our barriers and we normalize mental health and we just be vulnerable and be open with who we are and be straight up, be straight to the point because that's so important and you don't need to I think anyways, when you beat around the bush, all you're doing is causing more anxiety and it's causing yourself to question things more. And that's with any scenario, whether it's relationships or whether you're 
I don't even know whether you're trying to pick up what you're eating for dinner. It obviously it's a big difference, but um, you can encounter anxiety and mental health struggles in any form on any given day and any basis. You never know. Like after this podcast, I could get a text and it alters my life. I have no idea. And it's the same goes for you and you never know what's going to happen in your life, but it's really, it's really cool to think that we get to have these conversations and we are helping other people and somebody else is going to step up and share their story after you. And it's going to reach a whole new crowd of people. And that's the amazing thing. And I'm just, again, I'm so thankful for having you share your story and I just, I can't thank you enough. I am so thankful for all of the work that you're doing and putting it all together for everyone. I think it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. If somebody does want to reach out to you and show you support um, or even just talk to you, maybe ask you a few questions, where could they, where could they kind of find you? All right. So I have two Instagram. Oh, there you um, go. Instagram is probably better than Facebook because Facebook is mostly just like close friends. Um, if anyone listening to this has me on Facebook, by all means. Um, otherwise, I have two Instagrams. I have my gym Instagram. Um, so you can definitely reach me on there. Follow me for my, for my fitness and exercise. If anyone has any questions about that, if they want to get started on their journey too, like mm -hmm. I'm totally open to that. So that is the one that you're talking to me on, um, Barbell Bombshell. Yeah. Um, or have my personal Instagram, which is just my life stuff, which is just my initials P V and my last name McLaren. Awesome. That's amazing. And I know that for a fact, a lot of people will be re reaching out to you and for everyone listening, I hope that everyone enjoyed your story because I know that it shaped my life and I will remember this for the rest of my life, hands down no questions asked. You got me emotional. You had tears in my eyes. That's not supposed to happen, but I got emotional. <laughs> yeah. That's not supposed I to hope happen. Here. Someone enjoys my. That A lot of people will. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, thank you so much once again. And I'm sure that we'll catch up again and have you on the podcast sometime in the future. Don't know when that is I would love it. sometime again, for sure. Fantastic. Okay. Awesome. Okay. It was so nice talking to you and I'm sure we'll talk really soon. You too. All right. Have a good night. Yeah. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of struggle creates strength. Paige's story definitely took a turn to the emotional side, but it was more than inspiring. And I can't thank her enough for being so vulnerable and courageous. Her story definitely shaped my life and I hope that it shapes yours as well. If you feel inspired by her podcast and you want to reach out and share your story, you're more than welcome to today. If you want to reach me at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram or Facebook, or you can go to my website at www.strugglecreatestrength.com. If you want to reach out, share your story, be vulnerable, be a part of the movement, be a part of the change, you're more than welcome to, and I'm always here, always open to talk. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and just remember that everyone has a story.